So today I thought I would write a blog that hopefully will be published by Celebrate Kids, and you might be here listening to this podcast as a result of having read this blog on the Celebrate Kids website. I debated about what to title this blog. I thought, first of all, that I would title it, What Do Clark Griswold and King David of the Bible Have in Common? And then I thought, maybe not everyone would understand that reference um, to Clark Griswold or to King David. Maybe I should use a more general title like The Beauty of Preparation and the Excitement of Anticipation. The reason why I thought of Clark Griswold was because over the weekend, as many people do on Thanksgiving weekend, we pulled out our Christmas decorations and we got our Christmas tree out of the attic. Yes, we're one of those that uses the fake tree and we pull out the fake tree from the attic every year. As I opened the box and we pulled out the sections of the tree and began to put it together, I jokingly made the comment, hooray, no squirrels thinking that we do have squirrels that run across our roof and it could have been that one might have gotten into our tree over the course of the year into the box and in thinking of the Clark Griswold movie which many of you may have watched National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation the scene where the squirrel jumps out of the family Christmas tree and causes all sorts of mayhem came to my mind so my husband laughed at my attempt at humor thankfully If you haven't seen the movie, I apologize that you might not get the references to the Christmas Vacation movie and Clark Griswold, but if you have seen the movie, perhaps you'll understand. My father-in-law first introduced us, introduced me to this Chevy Chase movie many years ago when Tyson and I were newly married. And while it may not be the most wholesome movie, our family has mostly enjoyed watching it together for many years at Christmas. We laugh as we recall some of our favorite scenes and we reference them at certain times, certain moments during the holiday season, just as I did when I recalled the incident with the squirrel jumping out from the Christmas tree. Well, in another scene from this same movie, Clark Griswold lavishly decorates his house with an exorbitant amount of Christmas lights. He covers nearly every inch of their house with lights. Um, As the movie's main character, Clark Griswold, Chevy Chase does a wonderful job of expressing every stage of the decorating process. And we see in the movie how he hands his son a huge ball of tangled up Christmas lights and says something like, oh, looks like there's a knot in this one and maybe you should go work on that. And similar things like that, which we can all identify with as we have untangled Christmas lights over the years, I expect. And the frustrations of hanging Christmas lights and decorating and sometimes things not working out as well as we would like them to. But Clark Griswold had a clear vision of what he wanted his home to look like and how brilliantly he wanted it to be displayed and covered in lights. He knew what the final result would look like and he was not going to be deterred from the task at hand of decorating decorating his home. 
He labored late into the night, and he prepared at great length for the moment that they all waited for when the house would be all aglow with brilliant lights. The whole family gathered outside for the event, waiting for the great uh, lighting up of the of the house. And they even added to the countdown with a unique drum roll that was quite funny. And the anticipation and the excitement was very high as they stood out in the cold and waited for the lights to shine. Well, as I thought of this, um, and together with the Bible reading that we that I just published in our podcast from earlier today, where I read the account of King David and preparing to build the temple. We know that King David had wanted to build a house for God, and God had told him that he would not be allowed to build a temple. But King David was given a vision of what the temple would be like and all the preparations that needed to be made. And so during the course of King David's life, he made preparations. He accumulated and amassed great amounts of gold and silver and all sorts of different materials. And he tasked different individuals who were skilled in different um, craftsmanship to do the work for the temple and it's described in First Chronicles chapters 26 through 29 that I read and published this morning of how David designated each of these individuals and accumulated all the things and prepared for the building of the temple. And even though David would not be allowed to build the temple himself or see the final result, he knew exactly what would be needed because God had given him the vision for that. The whole Israelite community came together with David in great anticipation and excitement, and they gave generously to the work of the temple. They set about providing for every detail of building a house for God and a place for the Ark of the Covenant to rest. It might be a bit of a stretch to make the connection between Clark Griswold and King David, I admit, but I couldn't help but see a similarity there between Clark's Christmas decorations and his vision and all his planning and King David's vision and planning for the temple of the Lord. Both of them included clear vision very extended and laborious effort and preparation, and great anticipation and excitement, awaiting a glorious revealing and a final result. As Christmas draws near, and we enter what is called the Advent season, we prepare our hearts to celebrate the arrival of Jesus. If you have young children or grandchildren, you might see the excitement and the anticipation in their eyes as they look at the Christmas tree and all the lights and the decorations everywhere that they go. Even though they might not fully understand what is to come on Christmas Day, and they might not fully understand the meaning or what it is that that they're really anticipating, they feel the excitement, they anticipate, they enjoy anticipating what they believe to be a great and glorious day. Do you feel that same excitement still that you once maybe had as a child? As adults, we tend to lose some of that excitement. 
even Christmas Day might begin to be seen as just another day, simply another extra day off work. We might even feel that it's a drudgery with all the extra work of decorating and buying gifts and cooking special meals and treats. Do you get bogged down in the details and the work? Or are you so excited about the end result that you enjoy every detail, even the tedious and difficult parts? When you begin to decorate a gingerbread house, do you just want to get to the final finished product or do you enjoy placing every candy in the right spot on that gingerbread house? Do you enjoy that process and do you anticipate what it's going to be like when it is complete? Well, for those of us who are Christians, we not only prepare to celebrate the birth of Jesus when he came to earth, but we're also preparing for the second coming of Christ when he will return to rule over all forever. Do you feel the excitement as you anticipate the return of Christ? Do you find joy in even the smallest details and the difficult tasks and the tedious aspects of life as we prepare for and await Christ's second coming? I have to admit that I can tend to get bogged down in the details of the work to be done and forget to focus on the end result. But that seems to be the key, focusing on that final glorious revealing. In the same way that a young child trusts their mom or dad as they describe Christmas Day and the child responds with excitement, we too should trust God when he describes what is to come and when the Bible describes heaven and all the glorious plans and preparations that God is making for us in heaven and for Christ's second return to, uh, to earth. We should trust God in his description of what is to come. We can know without a doubt that the glorious day that we anticipate will be well worth all our effort and preparation. But in the same way that Clark hadn't yet worked out all the details with his Christmas lights on his house, and when he flipped the switch and it didn't come on, (laughs) we know that God is still working out the details in our lives as well. We must not give up hope when our first attempt to flip the switch doesn't yield the result that we'd hoped for. We might try to flip that switch prematurely and we might experience frustration when things don't work out the way that we think they should or when our preparations aren't going quite the way that we think that they should. We should really try to avoid responding with kicking the plastic Santa into the air. (laughs) Again, my apologies for those of you who haven't seen the movie and you don't understand the reference. Hopefully you can picture the scene in your mind of a man who has worked laboriously to put lights on his house and the time comes for him to make the final plug and the family is watching and awaiting the lighting up of the house and it doesn't work. And he goes into a rage of frustration and kicks the plastic Santa Claus decoration into the air. Well, perhaps this silly similarity will help you to remember the significance of our faith. Just as Clark continued to believe that he could find the solution to light up the house, we too 
continue to believe in the vision of glory that has been described to us in the Bible. When we prepare our hearts and take time to really think about the future joy that awaits us, we can rejoice continually in every little detail and even the more difficult or most challenging parts of preparing can result in joy and be filled with joy. So don't give up when the lights are all a tangled mess and when nothing seems to be going the way that it should. As Philippians 3.14 says, we press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 has become one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, though I have to admit I have many favorites. Towards the beginning of the chapter in verse 4, we read how, In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Some people cannot see the vision or understand our reason for excitement and our joyful anticipation. The rest of the chapter goes on to tell how the light shines out of darkness and how God's treasure is revealed out of jars of clay, our lives, to show that the power belongs to God and it doesn't belong to us. And that, quote, as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God, in verse 15. It's God's light that's shining through the darkness. It's God's power that is seen in treasure that's hidden in our weak vessels in our jars of clay and our lives. It's God's glory that is seen and anticipated. So as verses 16 through 18 say, we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light and momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So I pray that this Christmas you will see the vision of God's glory, the vision of Christ's return, of all that awaits us, and the glorious future that he has prepared for us. And I pray that you'll rejoice in every detail of this life as we prepare and anticipate, no matter how challenging. Don't give up when it seems there is no end. Be like a child with wide-eyed anticipation awaiting for the glorious revealing that has been described to us, but which is really too far beyond our comprehension for us to fully understand. Choose to focus on the end result and rejoice in every detail, no matter how challenging. Keep doing the work, even when the lights are tangled up in a ball. And even if you don't have money for gifts, or if you've lost a loved one, or if you have to work on Christmas Day, if you've recently lost your job, Whatever your circumstances are, you can choose to focus on the end result and find joy even in the most difficult times. As I consider this idea of anticipating heaven, I'm reminded of a story about a man who owned a dog. The dog was just outside the door while the man talked to his friend. The man's friend asked him, how could he continue to be joyful and believe that heaven was worth the effort and worth the wait? And the man told his friend, he said, my dog is outside this door and he's never been in this room before. He knows nothing about what to expect when he comes through that door, except for the fact 
that he knows that I am here because he hears my voice. He wants to enter the room, and he anticipates the joy that he'll, he'll have when he enters, only because he knows that we'll, he'll be in the presence of his master. My anticipation of heaven is similar, as I don't know exactly what it will be like, but I know that my Savior and Lord will be there, and he tells me that he's prepared a place just for me, and I trust that wherever he is, I want to be as well, and that I will enjoy being in his presence, and I anticipate the joy of being there with God in a place that he has prepared for me. Well, I hope that you will join me and that you will be there in that place that God has prepared for us, for those of us who have placed our faith and our trust in Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And we'll be together with heaven, with God in heaven someday. And that our joyful anticipation of that, that we can have joy through whatever this life brings, knowing that that will be worth all the effort. Thanks for listening today. I pray that this will be a blessing to you and bring you joy in your life today.